It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. After an unexpected day off, we are back and talking name, image, and likeness and how it relates to BYU football right now. There was a question sent in by a listener about the Built Bar deals and how BYU could potentially find themselves under the NCAA microscope. We'll delve into that. We'll also talk BYU basketball, the latest on the Cougar Cagers. Does BYU have their new assistant coach to replace Chris Burgess? According to the Salt Lake Tribune, they do. We'll get into all that and a whole lot more on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, welcome into Locked On Cougars. My name is Jay Catch. I am the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. But more importantly, I am your host here every single day talking all things BYU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Always appreciate your guys' patronage. If you're new to the show, we're on YouTube. You can probably watch me on video. I'm wearing my San Francisco 49ers hat today. Uh, but if you have not done so already, I'm pointing down here into the right corner. Those of you listening, audio will not get this. But there's a little button there on YouTube. Hit that button to subscribe, rate, review. You. Please like the show. Hit that thumbs up button. Help us continue to build this audience. It has been absolutely marvelous since we launched YouTube just over a month ago. So thank you for your support. Uh, once again, follow the show on social media as well. Locked on Cougars. Search it out. Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. My handle is Jacob C. Hatch, my full name. And always love being with you guys talking all things BYU. Apologies for the one day hiatus from the show. I uh, had some internet issues as I sent, set, sat down to record on on Tuesday night for the Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, and obviously, life got in the way during all day of Wednesday. I'm doing this Wednesday night. So, you know what? We're going to do like a supersized edition of a Thursday official edition of the show. And I'm going to pack in essentially what I planned for two separate shows into one show. So let's get going. Let's talk BYU football. There was a note sent in earlier this week to us. Our email our address for the show is LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And a GFOP, a good friend of the podcast, Peter, reached out and asked this question about NIL and BYU asking, quote, Jake, there's been a lot going on with name, image, and likeness nationally. We heard the reports of BYU's NIL deal with Bilt Bar being investigated by the NCAA. With the new circumstances of the NCAA saying they were going to crack down on programs that already had NIL deals, could BYU's deal with Bilt Bar be back under the microscope as BYU has not gotten the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the NCAA in the past, i.e. Yoli Childs, Nick Emery, etc.? Should we be concerned about the NCAA looking into this and potentially making BYU a whipping boy for quote unquote other big name programs peter first off thank you so much for the note thank you for reaching out and mainly thank you for listening to the show and weighing in on this now with regards to your question name image and likeness is dominating headlines in college sports and for good reason because the ncaa earlier this week issued guidelines and regulations for how name image and likeness is going to be policed moving forward the problem at hand is the fact that for 10 months 10 long months, nearly a year, the NCAA sat on its hands and did not give any regulations or guidelines other than to follow applicable state laws in states where universities are located that had a law with regards to name, image, and likeness on the books. 
This whole deal, this whole thing with the NCAA right off the top is all of their own doing. They created this issue for themselves. I cannot understand why the crap they are now trying to go back and relitigate stuff that has happened in the past 10 months. Because we learned earlier this week that the NCAA considers NIL collectives boosters. And that obviously governs inducements, uh, getting guys to go play for universities by paying them for that opportunity, paying the students to go to the university, etc. So that's going to be under the new guidelines. Violations that have occurred in the past 10 months may be pursued, the board that issued these regulations from the NCAA said, but only, quote, the most severe violations of recruiting rules or payment for athletics performance will be looked at. That means to me, I don't think BYU is going to be under this because BYU's deal for name, image, and likeness with the Built Bar was to help student athletes, in particular the walk-ons, get their uh, tuition paid for. And if the NCAA wants to fight that with BYU, go right on ahead. They will have to get in line with everybody else who's going to be fighting the NCAA tooth and nail on this. The, the, the situation right now, as I said, the NCAA created this mess for themselves, and it's typical NCAA behavior. Oh, wait, uh, we screwed up on this, so how? these are the rules now. And by the way, any of you who did this stuff way back in the past, we're going to go back and look at that, and we could punish you for that. What? Are you kidding me? You could have set this out. You could have handled this from the get-go, which is exactly what Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said. He told Sports Illustrated, quote, whether it's possible to unring the bell, it remains to be seen. Seems to me that we would have been infinitely better off had we gone ahead and implemented the guardrails from the start. No bleep, Sherlock. But guess what, Bob Bowlesby? You and I and every one of our listeners here on Locked On Cougars are smarter and have more common sense than the NCAA has. Mark Emmert and the NCAA cronies that are underneath him in Indianapolis are completely a sham organization and just a complete joke. They need to blow it up, start all over, and figure it out. Because guess what's going on right now? Is the NCAA is trying to essentially rein everything in when they could have just really, you know, been proactive on something for a change. They're not, they're not proactive. They're always reactive, and they could have handled this from the get-go. Nicole Auerbach, who has been covering this top to bottom for The Athletic and doing an absolutely phenomenal job doing so, had a quote from Gene Smith, who was on the board that issued these guidelines earlier this week, saying that uh, Gene Smith said, quote, he would expect a full range of penalties to be available from boosters being disassociated from schools to coaches being hit with a lack of institutional control. I would think the enforcement staff would first go after boosters who have bragged about hosting recruits and signing deals with prospective students before they enroll. Okay, great. You can do that, but guess what? All of these boosters that have been as uh, upfront about uh, giving guys money and all that stuff, they've already said, you can come after us, NCAA, and we're going to fight it tooth and nail. And guess what? If BYU finds themselves being implicated for anything in this circumstance, I would expect BYU to fight this tooth and nail. BYU is a university that likes to operate on the up and up. Let me be very clear about that. But if the if the Cougars, if the BYU Athletic Department finds itself under scrutiny unjustly or unfairly, I would fully expect that it will bring the entire legal department at BYU, maybe even the church legal department, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints legal department, down on the NCAA's head. I don't expect BYU or any any university or any booster to take this lying down. There's none of this. Please, sir, may I have a more? May I have another? You don't do that. You fight the NCAA tooth and nail. BYU has learned this lesson in many, many hard ways. Most notably, I think that Yoli Child situation. The fact that he filed paperwork the wrong order and got a nine-game suspension for that. When you have universities like the University of North Carolina who created fake classes for their student athletes and got away with it. 
the NCAA is a complete farce, and I cannot believe they think they're going to get away with this, win any type of legal battles, win the PR battle in any way, shape, or form, when the PR war is already just dead set against them. Everything going on with the NCAA right now is a complete joke. It is just baffling to me. Now, getting back to Peter's question, I don't think the Bilt Bar deal is going to come under scrutiny for BYU, but the one the one thing I'm thinking about this that could come under scrutiny for the NCAA if they wanted to look at this would be the Kingsley-Suamata'ia situation for BYU. You all know Kingsley. He is expected to be a starting offensive lineman for BYU this year. A very highly thought of transfer from the University of Oregon, prepped at Orem High School just up the road from BYU. The day he announced he was coming to BYU, he also announced some name, image, and likeness deals that he had he had signed with Encore Sports Marketing, which is a local firm that's actually representing 80 athletes nationwide in NIL deals. And he announced that the same day. If, if the NCAA wants to look at that, that is really the only one I could think of that I think BYU could find themselves saying, okay, what went into all of this? I just think that you fight this tooth and nail. Let the NCAA make their bed and lie in it, and you just kind of do your thing. The fact that the NCAA created this mess on their own and now thinks they're going to rein it in by going after folks who have a lot of money, because trust me, there are millions and millions of dollars in these collectives for these universities that have been flowing around, and I would highly expect that the billable hours that lawyers will be racking up in all of these circumstances, if it comes to bear the way that the NCAA says it's going to come to bear, whew, some lawyers are going to be making some overtime and really enjoying life. Let's just put it that way. I just I look at this and I cannot understand why the NCAA is trying to pick this fight. It just makes no sense because more importantly, the Alston case, which was in the Supreme Court, that ruled that the NCAA's restrictions on student athlete compensation could violate antitrust law. The fact that they're going to fight this, they could find themselves right back in the crosshairs of the Supreme Court, the United States Congress, and guess what? I'd love nothing more than for the NCAA to just. Get pushed right back into the corner and told, shut up. That's what I want to see. So, Peter, I hope I didn't come off too strong, but I think the NCAA created this mess for themselves, and the fact that they think they're going to go back and get after folks after they could have just, you know, put some regulations forward to begin with and been proactive rather than reactive— I do not expect BYU to be under investigation. That's my personal opinion. I have not spoken to anybody on this. But if BYU does find themselves under the microscope, I would fully expect that BYU will bring to bear the entire weight of their legal department behind them, and they will fight the NCAA on this. There's no more of working and being the nice guy with the NCAA. All it serves is to get you into more hot water because the NCAA says, okay, that person's willing to take, take a punishment. We'll, take, we'll, we'll let them be the example. Fight them. Fight, fight, fight. Do do not give in. That's all I got to say on that point. All right, coming up here in just a moment, let's flip over and talk some BYU basketball. Some news coming out, according to the Salt Lake Tribune, that Mark Pope apparently has narrowed in on who he wants to be his next assistant coach to replace that spot that Chris Burgess vacated when he went to the University of Utah. We'll get to that. We'll also talk about Seneca Knight's uh, departure, etc. We'll get to all that here momentarily. First, though, a word on our friends at Built Bar. Summer is coming, my friends. I know breaking news, but with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacations this year. Throw them in your bags and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everybody has a bar so that you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they are healthy and delicious. There's no more sacrificing delicious food for health and with Built Bar, you can have both and the best part is it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com right now to order. All Built Bars and Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? We are absolutely going crazy for the Puffs. My mother-in-law just recently discovered 
discovered the Built Puffs, and she is a huge fan. I love them. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie, which is my mother-in-law and my personal favorite, and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. Sign us up. Get over to Built.com right now, my friends, and give them a shot. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 while you're there. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off that order. And by the way, just based on our conversation, just barely, fight the NCAA by supporting BYU football via buying some Built Bars. That's the way you can stick it to the NCAA in this circumstance. Give it a shot, my friends. Once again, that's Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Get and join the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar and stick it to the NCAA by supporting Built Bar. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, time to talk a little BYU basketball. And the Cougars are trying to round out their coaching staff. It's uh, it's no Jo- like I'm not joked, but it, it's no secret that Mark Pope has been combing through different potential replacements for Chris Burgess on his staff. Well, according to Kevin Reynolds of the Salt Lake Tribune, this came out earlier today when recording this on Wednesday, saying that the multiple sources have indicated that BYU will hire Cahill Fennell as a new assistant. Uh, Fennell has been linked to this job for over a month now. I'd been hearing his name for a month now myself, and he is a former assistant at the University of Louisville, and he is a guy who is uh, African-American, has a very diverse background, actually worked for a guy that BYU once upon a time considered for their head coaching position, if you believe the reports, in Barrett Peary. Barrett most recently left Texas Tech to be the assistant coach at UNLV. Uh, but the interesting part about this is Cahill Fennell is not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but apparently and p- people I have talked to think very highly of this young man. A very dynamic recruiter, a young coach, a motivated coach, a guy who wants to really get after it. It would not surprise me if he we're in the running for this. I think that the Tribune was a little hasty in this reporting because I talked with somebody who is literally on the ground in Louisville, talked to Cahill Fennell earlier today, so this would be Wednesday, uh, talking with him, saying that he hadn't even been out to Utah to check out the university and even formally go through what you would consider to be a interview. So Kevin Reynolds may very well be right about this because Cahill Fennell is absolutely in the mix for this. It sounds like there are three to four other names that are in the mix for the job for BYU right now, and Fennell is on the short list to replace Chris Burgess, but I do not think a hire is imminent. That could change, obviously. This could be a complete smokescreen uh, being put out by Cahill Fennell saying that he hasn't even been out to BYU to visit, and you don't necessarily have to come to Provo to get the job. Let's be, let's be honest about this, but we'll see how it all shakes out. And I, like I said, Kevin Reynolds may very well be the man who gets it right. And he was the first on it. So full credit to him. But everything that I am hearing on this front is that it's not a done deal yet. But Fennel is very much in the mix. Uh, there was some thought that the Frederick King deal for BYU, of course, the big man from the Bahamas uh, playing at the NBA Latin Academy in Mexico City, who ultimately picked Creighton over BYU. Uh, there was some thought that Fennel's job and potential addition to the BYU staff might be a contingent on getting Frederick King to commit to BYU. Sure appears that that is no longer the case. It feels like they're two separate deals, even though both of them were connected to the University of Louisville. 
Louisville uh, when Frederick King originally signed there and Fennel was an assistant there. But everything I hear about Fennel is very, very positive stuff. I think he'd be a great addition to Mark Pope's staff, but it's just a little early in the process to be saying that a hire is imminent based on everything that I have heard uh, talking with people around that. Like I said, I talked to somebody who literally is on the ground in Louisville, knows Fennel, spoke to him earlier today, and it doesn't sound like there's a hire being imminent, but as I said, it could be a gigantic smoke screen trying to throw people off the scent or just trying to uh, downplay things before the hire is officially announced. But we'll see what shakes out there. Just wanted to share that with you guys. Also, some other news out there for BYU basketball. As I want to wish a public best of luck to Seneca Knight, officially announcing the former BYU swingman that he's going to go to Illinois State and play for the Redbirds. And Illinois State was a team that BYU has played recently in non-conference play. Uh, this is an interesting setup for Seneca Knight because everything I understood about Seneca's situation was that he was going to have to get a waiver to be eligible for another year at a school. This will be his fourth university in his college career. He went to San Jose State, LSU, BYU, and now he's headed to Illinois State. BYU will not stand in the way of him getting that waiver. And obviously it has to, that waiver process, you have to get to university, you're leaving to sign off on it. BYU will sign off on it. Uh, he, when the Gideon George news came down, the Gideon was remaining with BYU. Essentially it opened up the avenue for Seneca Knight to say, Hey, I'm out of here. I'm moving on. BYU was not uh, fighting to keep him all that hard. Let me be very frank about that. But you wish him nothing but the best and hope he has success with Illinois uh, Illinois State. He has been a guy who has been an all-conference performer during his time at San Jose State. Uh, maybe he can regain some of that form with the Redbirds, but best of luck to him in that move. And then also, congratulations to Alex Barcelo, the former BYU star. Had a workout with the San Antonio Spurs earlier this week. He revealed that on Instagram. It was also reported by some reporters down there in San Antonio. And the situation for Alex Barcelo, I don't think he's getting drafted. It's, I think it's fairly evident that he was not invited to the pre-draft combine, which typically you have to have a draftable grade on you to get invited to that. He was not invited to that combine. But the ultimate goal, I think, for a guy like Alex Barcelo at this juncture is he needs to pursue getting a two-way deal in the NBA. Play in the G League. Develop your game there. Maybe you need to go overseas to make the money that you truly want to make in terms of what uh, Alex Barcelo wants to do in his career. If he wants to make money, overseas is probably the better option for him. But if he wants to stay home and play in the United States, the best thing he could pursue right now is a two-way deal with an NBA team. And those of you who are not up to speed on what two-way deals are with NBA teams is they extended the rosters in the NBA to have 15 players on the active roster plus two what they call two-way player contracts, where these players will uh, be on the active roster when needed, but also have the ability to drop down and play for an NBA team's G League affiliate and get seasoning there. I think this would absolutely be the perfect place for Alex Barcelo to continue to develop his game. He's got the ability to shoot the three. That's very evident. We saw that he has the career mark for shooting percentage from three for BYU basketball in program history. This guy can uh, absolutely shoot it. He need, probably needs to continue to develop his playmaking playmaking ability, also work on his defense, and a two-way deal should be the goal for him. He should not have any aspirations or be under, under any illusion that he's getting drafted but if he can get that two-way deal and continue to develop his game and give himself the best opportunity to maximize his professional career, I think that's the perfect scenario for him in a place like uh, San Antonio where uh, Greg Popovich has proven in the past he can take guys who may are, maybe aren't freak athletes because the NCAA not the NCAA, the NBA is full of freak athletes but uh, 
San Antonio is taking guys who may not be the highest jumpers, the fastest sprinters, the best shooters. They have found roles for guys and allowed them to maximize their opportunities. So a place like San Antonio would be a San Antonio would be a great place for AB to land. But I wish him nothing but the best as he continues continues to pursue his professional aspirations. And like I said, the goal for AB right now should be get a, should be getting a two way deal, maybe a G League option if that ultimately is where it lands, or if he decides he wants to make some money over. Overseas, you can make a very handsome living. It just so happens you have to go to Europe, etc., to go make that money. But there's going to be no shortage of options for Alex Barcelo. It just may not be in the NBA right out of college for him. And I don't think any of us were truly under the illusion that he was going to be a guy who was going to jump right in to the NBA. I, I think that was fairly evident. So uh, best of luck to him. Also, best of luck once again to Seneca Knight. And we'll see how it all shakes out for Mark Pope and company. It sounds like uh, Mo and Gia, as well as Josiah Alec, on one other note, had great visits earlier this week. Both of them would be welcome additions for the BYU uh, team uh, with regards to bolstering their front court. Alec more of a stretch four with regards to Ngia being a guy who is just a true big man, a center. Also, Kim Aiken, a transfer from Arizona. He is also visiting BYU, a guy to keep an eye on as well. He'd be more of a swing man, kind of in the Seneca Knight slash Gideon George mold, but all of them, I think, would be solid additions for BYU at this juncture, and we'll continue to track it for you guys right here on Locked On Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a minute, I uh, want to make sure that we catch up on the other news involved in BYU athletics, and obviously, missing a day of our player countdown, we're getting a two-for-one today. Two players, two former Cougars who were standouts from both the independent era and the non-independent era. We'll get to that real quick. Also, want to remind you guys, make sure you go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NFL NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by uh, such luminaries as Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock drafts, and obviously player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, so check that out, my friends. All right, more in a moment, but real quick, a word on our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need as a consumer. Why would you stand there and have them ask you all these questions? You know the answer to. Let's be frank about about that. So you can go to rockauto.com and get all the parts that you need and it's right there at your fingertips literally. You have a computer in your pocket literally on your smartphone or at home and you can use that to check out the inventory at rockauto.com. You can save time and money by using the resources at rockauto.com. I can speak to this directly because I have used this resource in the past uh, three or four months, I think three times now and they've been absolutely phenomenal. Why would you willingly choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% markup for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years online, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. They got everything you can need: brake pant, brake, brake pants, brake parts, excuse me, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Uh, I want you guys to go check it out. Rock Auto is the place to go. And while you're there, make sure you mention right locked on and how did you hear about us box. Give us some credit for going over there to check them out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's Rock Auto. Com. All right, time to talk about our friends over at Bet Online as well. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information needs. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, the big fights out there, and even next season's NFL futures right now. Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. You can still get NCAA futures odds on BYU basketball and 
and BYU football as well. If you get over to betonline.net right now, get in while the getting's good. That's all courtesy of your friends at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, time to round out today's show with a two-for-one on our player countdown. I'm, as I said, we're jamming um, Wednesday and Thursday's show into one. But a quick reminder for you guys that this show, Locked on Cougars, is available wherever you get your podcast. Free and available. We are on YouTube. You look at my lovely face. I've got a little hat wall behind me here if you want to look at those. Uh, I've got various teams up there. I need to get the BYU one. That's the Lavelle hat. I'm pointing upwards to a, a hat I got on the, on the shelf there. That's my Lavelle hat. It's like from the Lavelle era. I, it's one of my pride and joys. So... Fun stuff, but thank you for your support of the podcast. Make sure you can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. Always love hearing from you guys, getting your comments, concerns, whatever you got for us. Reach out to me on there or reach out to me at my personal Twitter feed, Jacob C. Hatch is the handle. And as I mentioned earlier on, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address for this podcast. All right, time to talk about our player honorees from the top 50 countdown for both the independent and non-independent era. Yesterday, we were supposed to do a player from the independent era. So let's start there. J.D. Falslev, number 12 himself, the diminutive slot receiver for BYU do everything star for the Cougars out of Smithfield, Utah and Skyview High School played for BYU from 2010 to 2013. So he had one year of BYU being a member of the Mountain West Conference but he rose to prominence during the early years of BYU independence. For his career he had a grand total of 155 yards rushing 917 yards receiving along with seven touchdowns also had uh, 497 kick return yards and 856 return yards in the in the punt game. So this is an impressive career for JD Falslev because I always enjoyed watching him play. He was a walk-on, five foot eight, 184 pounds. Was not a guy that came in here under any illusions of being a star for the Cougars, but he took on any and all roles given to him by BYU staff under Bronco Mendenhall and relished the opportunity simply just to be playing uh, college football. Many of you might recall his senior season in 2013. BYU lost that game against Utah after the debacle of the blocked field goal, crowd rushes the field, get a re-kick, had another... You remember the whole debacle that happened there? Well, there's a famous photo of J.D. Falslev just uh, face in the turf, just just... Up, beyond upset that they lost that game and I was upset that BYU lost that game because it was a complete debacle. Let's be frank about that. But he was a guy you could never say that J.D. Falslev didn't care. He spent some time as a graduate assistant after his time at BYU. Also was on an assistant down there at at Dixie State, soon to be Utah Tech, under Paul Peterson. But J.D. Falslev was an easy addition to the independent era top 50 team. A guy that I absolutely enjoyed watching for his entire career at BYU. And like I said, just a guy who was full of passion and None of his stats necessarily were, wow, that's incredible because he had 330, 274, and 313 yards receiving in each of his three years uh, that I'm looking at. Uh, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, three touchdowns. Nothing on this screams, oh my goodness, he was just a, an insane player, but just a guy that I always enjoyed playing, uh, enjoyed playing, enjoyed watching play for BYU and a guy that was a very easy addition to this list. Now, flipping over to the non-independent era, we're going back to the early 1990s, but sticking on the offensive side of the football, we're going to talk about Jamal Willis. Many of you will recall number 29, 6'3", 220-pound running back out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Jamal Willis was an absolute sensation for BYU. In four years at running back for BYU, went over the 1,000-yard mark twice, ended his career with 3,169 yards, averaging 5.2 yards per carry, also scored 30 
35 touchdowns in his career on the ground. He also added another 1,000 yards receiving out of the backfield, 1,095 yards overall for his career, as well as five touchdowns there. So the fact that he had over 4,000 career yards, both on the offensive side of the football, rushing and receiving, and also 40 touchdowns, this is a guy that was just an absolute star. I my, Some of my earliest memories of watching BYU football are from the early 1990s. That's not surprising considering I was born in the latter half of the 1980s. But Jamal Willis, a guy that I, I always loved watching, his upright running style was just so different. It felt like uh, me watching that. He was a guy that I always Always enjoyed watching do it. Shimon Willis, his son, obviously has played defensive back for BYU in recent years before deciding recently to end his career due to some injury concerns. But Jamal Willis, one of the all-timers, uh, held the mark for the most career rushing yards for BYU for a number of years. I believe he held it until Harvey Unga took it away from him uh, in the late two, uh, 2000s, 20 aughts. I think it was 2009 when Harvey finally surpassed that mark, but it's been, since been reset multiple times. You can think about it. Uh, Jamal Williams took it. Curtis Brown had it. There's been some really, really good players in BYU history, but Jamal Willis was an easy addition to this list as well because Jamal is just a great human being. I've had an opportunity to associate with him a number of times over the years. He is a great dude. He's still training running backs and offensive players with his Speed Academy work that he does here locally. Just one of the guys that I just... I cannot say enough good things about Jamal Willis. So an easy addition there. So J.D. Falslev on our Independent Era team and then Jamal Willis on the non-Independent Era team here on Locked On Cougars. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll finish off the week as we talk about another member of the Independent Era for BYU. It's going to be a guy who relates to our special guest tomorrow. A little bit of a tease ahead for you guys. Will Turner from 24-7 Sports covering all things USF is going to join me tomorrow to talk about the Bulls ahead of the season opener for BYU. So stay tuned for that and we'll talk about a player who actually factored in the last time USF and BYU played. He's going to be a, a talking point on tomorrow's show, so stay tuned for all that. Quickly, before we go here, let's catch up on some of the news involved in BYU athletics. BYU baseball rallied from a 2-0 deficit to beat Dixie State 3-2 Tuesday night. Brock Watkins hit a three-run home run in the seventh inning to give BYU that winning margin. Cougars have now split that season series with the Trailblazers. They are back in action tonight, taking on Pacific, if I'm not mistaken. I apologize. I probably should uh, you know, know that ahead of time. Let's pull that up right now. As I talk about that, but also BYU baseball, uh, not BYU baseball, BYU softball had a great uh, night as well Tuesday night as they run ruled Utah State 9-1. to Violet Zavodnik, who is in the running for player of the year once again in the West Coast Conference, she hit the walk-off two-run home run uh, to win that game in six innings for BYU, 9-1 to over Utah State. So big opportunity for BYU softball and BYU baseball to pick up other wins, which they did on Tuesday night. They'll both be in action later this weekend, and I'm not seeing the BYU baseball schedule here, so I apologize for that. I probably should have, you know, like written that down. I, I have my little document here, but I forgot to put down uh, when BYU Baseball was, who they were playing. Oh, they're playing tonight. Let's see if we can get that as we do this live. This is obviously thrilling radio, as you guys, a thrilling podcast, I guess, is what I'm talking about. Yeah, Pacific. I was right. 8 o'clock Mountain Time. Tonight, uh, they take on the Pacific Tigers. It'll be on ESPNU. It's actually a nationally televised game. So a big opportunity for BYU to be on the mothership. I know it's ESPNU, but still. We get to take on Pacific. You take advantage of that. You can get tickets by going to BYUtickets.com. All the remaining games on BYU's schedule are all home games. They have three games against Pacific this weekend, a home date against Utah early next week, and then they finish off the regular season against LMU in Provo next weekend as well. So if you want to take advantage, take advantage now and get out and watch the Cougars in action. Uh, they are really looking to finish the season with a flourish, and we'll be tracking that as well. And then the final thing from today is the NCAA Women's Regional in golf has wrapped up. Uh, 
Grace Summerhays, obviously of the Summerhays clan here locally. She competed for Arizona State, finishing tied for 10th at the NCAA Regionals, but BYU as a team uh, was unable to advance to the NCAA Championships like Grace Summerhays did with Arizona State. Uh, but BYU finished in the Franklin Regionals in 7th place, which will end their season. They needed to make the top 4 to make the NCAA Championships, but not a bad season at, at all. Alicia May Mateo was 19th, and Lily Nallier was tied for 21st to lead the Cougars to that 7th place finish. Great season, I think, all things considered for Coach Roberts and company, and obviously they'll be looking to rebound next year, make another run at it, but making the NCAA Regionals nothing to sniff at if you're, if you're BYU golf. The men's golf program will be in action next week in their NCAA Regional. We'll get you ready for that as that gets a little bit closer as well. So there you go. That is our supersized stuffed edition of a Wednesday slash Thursday edition of Locked on Cougar. So thank you for bearing with us. As I said, please make sure you follow the show on social media. Make sure you subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow us, rate, review the show wherever you get your podcasts in audio form. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to get over to Locked on Big 12. I posted the episode yesterday. We do a Locked on Big 12 roundtable, but Josh Neighbors got you covered every single day on everything going on with the Big 12 conference. Get it free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like this one. All right, that'll do it. Have a great rest of your day. Stay tuned tomorrow. Will Turner from 24-7 Sports covering the USF Bulls. What is BYU getting into when they head to Tampa for that season opener on September 3rd? We'll talk with Will tomorrow. Until then, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 11th, 2022, and we will talk to you guys then. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.